I'm Justine. And I'm Sarah LaVon. And we are so glad you're here. We believe that your life has the potential to make a deep, meaningful impact on the world around you. You, as a nurse, have the ability to add value to every single person and patient you touch. We want to inspire you with resources, education, and stories to support you to live your absolute best life, both in and outside of work. But don't expect perfection over here. We're just here to have some conversations about anything birth, work, and life, trying to add some happy to your hour as we all grow together. By nurses for nurses, this is Happy Hour with Bunzel Birth Nurses. Welcome back to season three. Woohoo! We actually just recorded this episode right before this episode because we got on the call and it I just had recently gotten a DM and we shared about it. So wait for that episode too, a little behind the scene. <laughs> but yeah, we're back and we wanted to share what we've been up to, changes we've had, and what's our plan for season three. So thanks for following along and caring that we have season three coming, which is so yeah, fun. Wild. Wild. Well, our last episode, we just recently got back from Cancun. And so that feels like already a long time ago. That feels like a lifetime ago. And it wasn't even that many weeks ago. It's just only July. Yeah. So two two months ago. Yeah. Yeah. People ask me how it was and I'm like, well, we did it still. I'm like, <laughs> ah, ah, okay. And you sort of have to move on. All that work. I know. Well, we miss all of you guys too. Mm-hmm. So what's been going on? Sarah, I feel like it might be nice to share. Like you got quite a team over there in Los Angeles <laughs> working away. What yeah. does it look like? Things have shifted. This we anticipated before Cancun, but I think coming back from Cancun, everything kind of led up to that piece. And then it was like, okay, now we have to like figure out our world, what's happening, what our next steps are, what our next big projects are. And so we identified very, I mean, we've identified this forever, but Brian and I pretty much have been the only full-time people in the office. Surprise. And so knowing that Brian really wasn't functioning as a COO and really was unable to, given that there were so many administrative tasks to do and knowing and trying to anticipate getting me into a place where I am functioning at my max scope rather than you know, it's like putting together furniture or whatever the day comes of like, we need to run that to the post office. Like, you know, I can do that. I've done that for five years, but also I have a lot of creative vision and ideas and connections to make. And there's only so much time in the day. And so the goal being that everybody is functioning at the top of their scope and in their best like giftings. And so we hired two full-time administrative staff, one of which was a, a promotion, an internal promotion. And another one was an outside hire that actually I have worked with in the hospital system who I've always said for literally five years since I started Bundle Birth was like, someday you'll work for me. And so we uh, manifested that for the last five years and here she is. And they are both kicking ass over here in the office and um, just really picking up all of the baby loose ends. Like there's just, you would, I mean, and people will say like, well, what is there to do? I'm like, oh my God, don't get me started. Because there are thousands of tasks every single day to keep this place running. There's thousands of tasks related to compliance and legal and money and all those things. And so I don't know. We've said like how many times that like, how did I do it? I have no, I genuinely have no idea. I also didn't sleep and I gained 50 pounds and I was a hot mess and I grinded 
I ground my teeth, which I just got back from the dentist today. It was like, you have a history of grinding your teeth. I was like, oh, it was definitely back then. <laughs> and so with all of that said, we are shifting, transitioning, up-leveling, scaling, anticipating some really fun, huge projects, and just continuing to dream about how we fill a gap, a need in our industry and how we continue to fulfill the mission of education and support for families and providers and getting us all on the same page and functioning to our max potential, helping people thrive in their lives. We think a lot about that. And that's partially where I'll let Justine talk about her job transition because Justine has transitioned roles as a part of this. We've also hired in that transition, a bundle birth nurses program coordinator. She is technically interim, but we don't anticipate ever letting her go because she's amazing. And so you may hear from Hannah occasionally if you ever email Bundlebird Nurses or you have mentorship questions or problems or anything. And really what's been so fun about that is really continuing to level up and go above and beyond what our capacities have been. It's really been me and Justine for the last couple of years, all of mentorship we did ourselves with some assistance, with some editing and little things here and there, but we've managed most of it. And Justine's been doing a lot of things she shouldn't be doing. And so we're at a place now where because we have administrative help, I can start thinking outside the box and anticipating our growth needs and business needs and all this. Again, this is like all business talk, but like, I hope you find it interesting. And so there's just a lot of moving parts and it feels really good. I personally, Justine, jump in on her job for a second, but I personally feel like the first time since I can remember, at least in the last five years, like I got home after going to a 5.30 Pilates class. I've been obsessively doing Pilates. I feel like I'm in like one of the best shapes of my life, to be honest. I feel very strong and it feels really good. I've been on a health journey this last year. But after going to Pilates, I came home. I like unloaded my stuff. I went to the kitchen and I cooked myself a healthy meal. And as I was cooking, I cleaned up all the dishes and I put them in the dishwasher and like left my kitchen to go sit down and have a meal and like sat and was FaceTiming a friend. And then like got to the end of that, I put my dishes in the dishwasher and then I like sat down and it was probably, I don't know, like eight o'clock. And I had the thought to myself, I didn't even think about the work that I have to do. And I was like, is this what normal people experience? Like this on is very big for Sarah. This is very unique. This is like game changing for me. Yeah. There is not a moment that I can remember for years where I don't have a running to do or a pit in my stomach of if by spending time doing anything social, anything fun, cooking for myself, cleaning my house, taking care of my body, that it is not at the sacrifice of getting behind in work. And so now with all this help, I'm like, I am having fun. I did a weekend away in San Diego. I work out. I come home. I've like... I'm working on projects in my house. I got rid of a bunch of clothes, like all of this stuff that's been on the back burner for the last five years. And I'm like, okay, what does life look like? And what does health look like? Because I think a lot of us, we love our jobs or maybe you kind of hate your job right now, but like at one point we love our jobs and like we lived to work and I want to work to live. And so I want to exemplify what health looks like personally, so I can speak to that in the future. And I've, like I said, I've been on a health journey and I feel like I've made a lot of strides. And now I get to enter into this new season of like, okay, I am healthy. I've lost the weight. I'm working out regularly. I have some really good routines. Am I going to say this publicly? Oh, we got to give him the tea for this first episode. I am growing in a relationship huh? with a man that I'm 
really excited about and very hopeful for. And I have time to do that. Whereas like that's all of that has been on the back burner, you know, and anticipating that like, I don't want to look back on my life and be like, wow, I really worked hard. Yay. <laughs> like I want to look back and say, yeah, I worked hard and I made a difference and I contributed my gifts to the world in a way that was impactful. And, but also that like at the end of the day, I don't want to come home and sit on my couch and go like, well, I could just keep working because I have nothing else to do. Like, I do not want to be that person. And so there's been some really, really healthy strides that direction. And my team has been helping me with those boundaries. And even in my like guilt of that, I have, a, I still have a lot of guilt of like, I should be working harder than everyone else. And like, they worked all day and I didn't even get to work. So then I should work till 1am. And sometimes I do. But I've been trying to be like, that's my work for the day. And part of my work, especially in realizing my role of vision and mission and next steps and connections and face of the business and understanding the industry and create creative projects and all of that, that like my work is sometimes in the slowing. That's when I have the best ideas. And that's when I can really put my my brain to work. I've also been in the midst of relatively traumatic experiences experience, which I won't go into now, maybe someday if I can publicly talk about it, I'm open to that. But, and that I've also been really mindful in the last week of what does my nervous system need and recognizing symptoms of trauma and, you know, being like, I cannot keep my eyes open any longer. So I'm going to go take a nap or I'm going to push through this work week. And then this weekend, my entire existence needs to surround, surround around my wellness and my recovery and my ability to not burn out or like not be able to return to work on Monday. And so that kind of margin in my life has been, there are no words. It is truly like nothing, like I dreamt of this day. And so I hope that those of you who are drowning know that there is hope on the horizon. And also I will say that this took a whole lot of conscious decision-making and goal setting and sitting down. I sat down at the, at the beginning of August last year and said, I want to be healthy. I feel like my brain is healthy. My mental, my professional is healthy, but my body does not reflect my brain. And so what does it look like to be a healthy person? Here's a few things that I need to do. And I started with a mantra of like, I am healthy. I am healthy. And so my decisions have functioned through the lens of like, I'm healthy. So like, no, I wouldn't do that. Like when I'm offered the opportunity to work out on Saturday morning, I'm like, oh, Saturday morning, no, a healthy person gets up and works out. And so that alone was a huge decision in a step towards the ultimate future. It's focusing on this relationship. What do I want? I don't want to be alone forever. Ew. Like, and I am setting myself up for that by not putting any intention in that direction. And so I think for all of us, I would say my alert to all of us is sit down and do a little inventory and think about what's working, what's not working, and where do you want to be six months, a year from now? And what active steps could you take that direction? If we're not doing that work, and I do that work every six months, probably more regularly than that informally, but formally every year with a coach and every six months on my own to really be intentional with where I'm going personally. And you all benefit from my own personal health, to be honest, and all the lessons I'm learning and my ability to work hard and help bring things to light, but also that for professionally as well, that it would be professional goals for me. Where do I want to be? And where's the balance? Does it feel right in my body? that if we're asking those questions, I think our bodies are really wise and they'll give us more answers than we probably are even aware of. 
That was a lot. All of that to say, Hannah, you're never leaving. <laughs> yeah. Hannah, you're hired and don't you dare. But that's the thing. I get so attached and I'm like, don't leave me. I have such abandonment issues. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. I'm very <laughs> What happy do you mean? That you. was a lot. <laughs> so you're well, the next Celsius? step is where do you fit in yeah, all yeah. of that? Yeah. I wanted to say you're drinking a Celsius though. And side note. I think I have to slow down on my energy drinks part of my life. I think I'm like throwing PVCs. So oh. I'm getting like dizzy and lightheaded oh, after God. an energy drink. Yeah. Weird. I know. So sad day because I love that. Oh, that's brutal. You know, Celsius needs to make like a half calf and the zero calf version because I would drink it regardless. It's only 20 calories and I really like the taste. And then I, I do like the little buzz. The little, like, <laughs> I'm here like I'm real chatty. Thanks to the we Celsius. Do, we do love Celsius. Around Not here. sponsored. Not sponsored. <laughs> but we'd love to be sponsored. Please send us a case for our office. <laughs> right. Okay. So where do I fit? So like Sarah, I was kind of having thoughts of like, I want to live my life and I want to be with family and I want to, I'm a big Hallmark movie kind of person. And so every Christmas, like I like to get a subscription and watch all the corny movies. And so similarly to that, right? Like you watch those movies and they're like, you never are on, you're never dying. And like, so glad you worked all the time. You know, you always like, I wish I would have spent more time with my kids, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I've always had that in my mind, but I also, like Sarah had said, was doing things that maybe I shouldn't have been doing based on my skill set. And so when I've talked about that here before, I'm just like, I am like a type Z kind of person. I've made that up to be the absolute opposite of a type A. I am not a systems girly. I can work in a system once it's made, but I'm not very good at it. And yeah, my skill set is not in organization or execution or any of that stuff. And so we, Sarah, created a new job for me which we'll talk a little bit about too, which I think is really interesting. So my new job is Bundlebirth Nurses Community Generator. And so basically from your point of view, it's exactly the same thing as you've seen. It's just like all the back office stuff that you didn't see, I'm not going to be doing. And like, if you email, I won't really be replying unless it's a very specific kind of email that gets forwarded to me. And so it's kind of vague. They're like, what emails get forwarded to just <laughs> anything that would help the community, right? So I am just here to love on nurses. And ultimately we loved what happened in Cancun and we would love to make that happen all the time online as much as we can. And so you will see me around more on Instagram and more involved in engagement and involved in very fun, special projects we have coming up. But administration wise, I am not there and it feels, it feels real good. Like the things Hannah's already creating. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. We needed that. <laughs> So that is my new role at Bundle Birth Nurses. And my role is kind of changing up at the hospital too. I put my two weeks in and it wasn't accepted, but they sat me down and they're trying to reformulate my job because I was kind of like a fancy charge nurse. Charge nurse that did also scheduling and chronos for reference. But Which, by the way, you just said is not your strength. So, like, why would you be doing that in the hospital yeah. anyway? Why, they, why yeah. would they even ask you to? <laughs> because, but yeah, you know, for sure. So, yeah, I, you know, why did I do it? I was like, well, the job's been open for two years. I want to work a little bit more. I love the new nurses coming in, and I need really good flexibility for my schedule because of bundle birth. So, I was like, well, and I want insurance. So, I was like, I'll take this role. And then, you know, I had mentioned on the podcast before, like, I'm giving it till October. Yeah, I didn't give it till October. I made it to July, but I'm still technically in the role as my requisition. But now what I'm doing 
is for now, ultimately I want to go per DM or part-time on the floor. Like I just miss the floor. I miss the patients like interaction. Like I'm doing patient care. Like, so the last night when I put in my two weeks, I had two laboring patients. I was secretary and I was charged. And so I get the patient care, which is great, but I just don't want to do any of the other stuff. So, which is normal. So my job right now is I am offboarding. We have eight new grads that are coming off orientation within the next month. And so over the next month, all my shifts are going to be with them. And I just get to precept with them, which is cool. I'm kind of like a clinical instructor. Like tonight I have two of them. And so we'll take four patients together and it kind of helps with staffing, which is nice, but they're like very close to being on their own. So it's more just like minimal questions. So I'm excited about it. We'll see. Who knows? You're right. That is not my strength. And I think we should talk a little bit about what we've been learning about strength finders. You want to introduce the idea? Yeah. We as a team, I'm all about, if you haven't gotten that already, I'm all about personal growth and tools and like, what are the experts doing? And like, what kind of education can we get? What more insight can we do? That's why we have an entire Enneagram class on the Bundlebird Nurses site. So if you haven't taken that and you like that kind of stuff and you want to learn more about yourself and others, and it honestly, it helps with your communication at the bedside and all of that, but you can take the Enneagram class. But there is a, I did this starting in college. It's a test from Gallup, which is a like research, I'm going to botcher this because I don't have this in front of me. But basically my understanding is they like research and have done all this crazy amounts of information gathering on strengths of humanity and narrowed it down to 34 strengths that we can have. And then they put together this very like strange test. Like the I questions was about are the like, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have a question. I thought about it when I was laying down the other day. One of the questions was it's on a scale of like a like, is it a Likert scale? It's like which one do you relate to more? And you could be neutral, right? So it was, I'm a very tidy person was on the left side. And on the right side, it was, I am very stubborn. And I was like, well, I'm definitely not tidy. And I am really stubborn. (laughs) Right. But like like, the things don't seemingly, they don't seemingly relate. Like, and so this is where like, and honestly, the results are spot on. Like when you get your, you're like, how did they know this about it? It's $20 to take. We'll link it down below again, not sponsored. This is just for our growth, what we've been doing. And so I paid for our entire team to do it. And we've been having discussions. We've barely touched the tip of the iceberg, but there's like executive coaches that do this and like talk through team dynamics. But the cool part is that under each strength, they fall under one of four categories. And those categories are execution. So getting things done. I want to say shit all the time on here and I hold back and I just did, but just know it's in me. People think I'm very good with my mouth and I am not. (laughs) And so there's execution, there's influencing skills, there's strategic skills, and there's relationship building skills. And none of any of the above are better than the other, but especially when you're looking at a team, and this is good for any of you leaders that work with a team closely to get things done. And again, like on the floor, I don't know how helpful it would be when you're like doing patient care separately, but especially for our like management teams or leadership teams, if you're a part of something else, what we've done is taken our top five strengths and charted them in each of those categories. And you can begin to see where your strengths lie and where your potential weaknesses lie on the team. And so when we looked at our team, you can like plot in each of those categories, everybody's top five strengths. And so we did that and you can kind of see like, oh, we have a really heavy on execution or we're really heavy on influencing strategy, et cetera. And what we found was very quickly was we have a massive gap in the strategy side of things, which is very interesting because I actually feel like I'm pretty strategic. You're not in that category. Well, but number six for me is strategic. And that is the strongest of the strategic skill sets, like of all the types of strategy strengths. And so I definitely feel like I have to pull that up. 
But our new hire, Hannah, our coordinator, is three of her top five strengths are in the strategic category and number one is strategy. And so she came out to work on a project with me last week, actually, for Bundleberg Nurses. Again, you better be staying tuned because we have something that will blow your freaking minds. It's sort of blown mine to put together. It's in like the most mentally taxing, like I literally feel like your brain is a muscle and like my brain literally hurt at the end of every day of working on this stuff, but it's come together and it's gonna be insane. More to come on that. So stay tuned and sign up for a newsletter and all the updates and pay attention on Instagram and all that because you are going to want to know. Anyway, that she came out and and we just ended up having all these strategic conversations that I was just like, I don't think this way like she does. And she fills this gap for me that is so helpful. And so if you're struggling on a team, it may be helpful for you to do this. It may also, you know, not only may it be helpful, it will be helpful for you to do it on your own and just learn about your strengths. You can do your top five or they, you can actually order all 34 strengths. And that's especially interesting. And so something we learned about our team is that there's, I think four of five of us have maximizer in our top five, which is just like so interesting. The other thing is both me and Brian, CEO and COO, chief operating officer, our number one is achiever. So we both like are known for working extremely hard and achieving our goals, which is great for a business. <laughs> like Super great. But what did you learn about your strengths, Justine? They are the majority in one category. I think there was four. Was it four five. out of five? Oh, four, four out, out of five. five. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're all in the relationship category. So being a community generator is an appropriate job description for you. And so that's where I think to outside of StrengthsFinder, well, StrengthsFinder is like a really fun tool and very interesting to do. We'll link it down below. But outside of that, I've said this in previous episodes that I really feel like my job, and luckily I do have Maximizer in as my number five, which really is looking at our environment and looking at the people around and being able to recognize what are their gifts and strengths and what they should be doing. So it helps with delegation of like, I can look at our team and be like, oh my gosh, that's a Diana task. Like Diana will kill it for that. And she'll probably like it. Versus all of the admin that Justine had naturally taken over because there was literally no one else to do it. And so it either got done or it didn't. And so now, especially as we're learning more and getting deeper into that and really building a healthy team dynamic and helping grow our people to know more about themselves and others, it is the job of the leadership team. If you're a leader, it is your job to know your team. And if you don't know your team, you are really at a disadvantage for the sake of your team and the business slash, um, in this case, the floor's growth. And so that was sort of what ended up happening with Justine's job description was with even before StrengthsFinder. So outside of that was like, what do I know she likes? What do I know she's good at? And what, especially knowing how much you wanted to work, it's like, what also fits? Because there would have been a couple of other things that I likely would have been like, well, sorry, like you got to maintain this because it makes the most sense that you do it. And we fortunately were able to kind of pull all those other things and create a job description that really fits Justine's skill set, her strengths, and what she loves to do related to bundle birth nurses. And if you think about it, for those of you that are managers, educators, assistant nurse managers, any kind of administrative, you have hiring decisions, you are moving people around, you're deciding even patient assignment. I was thinking about this the other day that like, oh, well, they always get those patients. If they're cool with it, 
Give them those patients, help them live their best life. They're going to love their job more. You're going to help them. Like if they hate being in the OR, don't schedule them for scheduled cases. There's probably a nurse on the floor that like loves scheduled C-sections. That's their dream day. I know for me, I loved being baby nurse when I could pop into all the births and like help with resuscitation and jump in and fill in the gaps. And like, I didn't like the same, same all day. And so that or triage, I am the happiest person alive. If no one else wants triage, who cares? You know, and I get that there's skill set growth, but like if people have the skill sets and they're not being trained anymore and you have the people to fill those gaps, it's the same at bundle birth, which it does very different things than what the floor would do, but move your people around so that they can thrive, that they love their job and they feel like they're being useful and they feel like they are not failing at every task. I think that's really great that you said that because And I'm glad you had the caveat because so often they'll be like, well, I don't want them to lose their skills in this and lose their skills in that. I'm like, whatever. Like, do you want them to leave the unit? Yeah. What do you want more? Well, and lose their skills, I think is so like uh, subjective in the sake of L&D. Like say you're a triage nurse and like, I don't want them to lose their skills of what? Assessment? You know, I mean, you're still assessing your patient and they could come in and labor and develop preeclampsia and you're triaging that along the way. Like, you know, or starting an IV, like you start all the IVs and triage. Well, actually, no, you have inductions, you have scheduled cases, you have other circumstances where they're going to get that IV practice. And it's our professional responsibility that if we're feeling like we're lacking skills in an area, when we get to a place of comfort on the floor, that we seek out those opportunities. And so maybe you do push yourself into triage a little bit, or maybe you do push yourself to grab some more scheduled cases because you're not feeling super comfortable or you're feeling a little rusty in the OR. But we have to be able to work collaboratively and listen to our employees so that not only do they like like their job more, but also longevity, burnout, like retention, all of that. And that's my, that's my professional opinion. And I'd run the unit. (laughs) Right. And you said maybe it wouldn't really be beneficial for people that are like individually laboring people. But I think that if my coworkers actually like saw on a paper, saw on a test that I'm relational based and not like, I'm thinking like charting based, (laughs) you know, but just they'd have a little more empathy, which they do have a ton of empathy, but if you have just, we're all different people. And that's where the Enneagram comes into. So, well, and to know thyself mm-hmm. so that you can advocate for thyself, you know? And I think for what I've learned for myself, like in my top five, I have zero strategy and zero relationship building, which is crazy because I would say I am like a very relational, very outgoing, very connecting person, good listener, blah, blah, blah. But also, my number two is woo which is winning others over, which is an influencing skill. So a lot of my relational development skills are likely masked by my influencing skill of woo. So watch out because I may influence you to do something someday, I hope. <laughs> influence all of us. Also, mine changed after I had a baby. So after three years, mine changed. And so did Ryan's after three years. So we're all... We mine changed from college to more recently when I did it. So regardless, know thyself. That I think would be a challenge from this episode for all of us is like, there is so much life to live. There's so much growth to be had. There's so many lessons to learn. You know, I'm starting a new therapy therapist person. I have my coach. I read books. I listen to podcasts constantly. You know, I'm like a little bit of an extreme. I'm in couples therapy. Like there's just, it's like, I can't get enough. And I think too quickly, we can easily coast through life without intention and miss that there are so many beautiful tools out there for us to understand ourselves better, understand our responses and understand why do I feel like I can't get anything done? Well, maybe you don't have any executing strengths and that's not your fault. 
And really what I love about strengths and where we try to focus is the fact that like your strengths and knowing your strengths, they help you appreciate the person that you are and are able to maximize those strengths. So I know that our one person in the home office, because Hannah is remote, is Diana. I'm going to probably use her for strategic input, you know, and I see her do this all the time. So it all makes sense. But, you know, and I know that Sophia, another one of our new administrator people are, is really highly relational and really empathetic. We watched Aftershock together as a team this week and she was emotional the whole time. And I'm like, knowing her strengths, that makes sense to me because she has empathy as like number two, empathy and harmony. I'm like, well, of course she's going to be distraught over that. And we held space for that. And, but also I wasn't like, oh my God, like what's wrong? Uh, I'm like, no, 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 she's, this is her and we can celebrate her. And when somebody else doesn't cry, I'm not like, what a dick, you know? And so I'm like, oh, like, oh, like, that's just not who you are. And I think that in the grand scheme of things for us clinically and working with our teams and working with so many other, like our industry is so relational that the more we understand about ourselves, the more we can hold space for the differences that are found in those around us. So that has all been like a learning journey for us. And I'm very fortunate to be on this team and have a boss that cares about my strengths, which is really the best. So what should you expect in season three? We have some fun episodes planned. And since we have Hannah, but I have been tasked to plan them. So they are planned. (laughs) Our strategic person is getting us going. And so some random ones, we have Nurse Clara is coming on the podcast. If you haven't met her or you don't follow her. She, I'm really excited to talk to her. I've been in friendship with her for a few years. We're going to talk again to Lisa Miller. We're going to open up the can of worms of the ARRIVE trial. So look forward to that. And we're going to bring up some case studies again. I know that that was like well-liked, especially in season one, our case study, our hemorrhage case study. So we're going to have some of that. And so just a little bit of more guests, more clinical. And then we always want to tell you what we're learning and how to be better people and grow yourselves. And so I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have 15 episodes. I wanted to throw that out there too. We've officially decided two seasons a year, 15 episodes a season. And so we'll go from now until the beginning of December, every Monday. If you missed us the last, you know, few months and you haven't taken our mentorship or taken any of our classes, that is a way to stay connected. If you didn't know, once a month, we have like mentorship calls with all our mentees. And I know I'm personally on all of them. Sarah jumps on when she can, and we'd love to hang out with you and grow with you in that way too. And we have two more physiologic birth classes this year. One is next week, and then one is in November. And so if you want to jump in on that, you can definitely take our live online physiologic birth class. And probably get your party box. Like if you were to, if you're listening to this on August 29th and jump online, we would love to get you your supplies in the mail. So head on to our website, check out what we offer because we do offer a lot more than just the podcast. I also want to let you know that if you have been talking to your floor, maybe a bunch of you have come to some of our programs, you were in Cancun, you want to bring more of bundle birth resources to your unit. We do have hospital packages available. We have discounted pricing for bulk pricing. We do actually rent. There's a, We have a licensing deal that we can do for the physiologic birth class that if you have lucrative after 12 people. So if you have more than 12 people that you can put in a room... Money-wise, you end up saving money by renting it and playing it yourself and kind of creating your own event out of it. And so if you have a hospital administrator and educator manager, have them reach out to us and just ask for our hospital packages and we can get going. And now we have the administrative support to really handle that. We fulfill purchase orders. We really, our dream would be that your hospitals are paying for you to grow and be better. They benefit by your growth. And that's what we're here to do is help support and support your practice, support you as human beings, and then help you grow. And so 
whether that be through products or free resources like the podcast, my YouTube channel, Instagram, Tracing Tuesdays, et cetera, or our mentorship program, on-demand classes, physiologic birth, potential other things in the future. I think we should give them the tea. Should we make it official? Make it it's official. First episode. First episode, make it official. I'm holding it. It's, it's going to be I have no idea accountability. I don't know if it's one or the other. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, it's going to be one, not the other. <laughs> so the other fun news that I will tell you, and this is really the only place that we're going to announce this. So you have to listen to, to this episode all the way through in order to get to it. So those of you that made it here, you're welcome, is that we are launching an app. And so we are in the intensive process of putting that together. And so we will hyperlink down below the wait list for you to sign up for, for updates if you have input as we're putting it all together and finalizing it. Our goal is before the end of the year, we would launch an app that will be clinical resources to you. It'll be information sharing. It'll be community building. It will be clinical support. That's all I'm going to say. But you are going to want to have this in your pocket to support your care going forward. <laughs> there will be events, more CE opportunities. It will be a subscription model. So there'll be a free version up to like a $9.99 probably version. Again, don't hold me to that. But so just as in anticipating for the future, we don't want people to be frustrated, but also we have to figure out a way to pay for all of the things that we are trying to do to help really honestly fill in the gap of that support piece that we are trying to do, but that's so hard to do via social media. And so we're really excited that I think once this launches, everyone that is a part of this community or wants to be more involved with this community or wants more resources, more information, more learning, more opportunities, and in various formats that we already have a ton of different formats, but this is going to be one more that hopefully is really easy for you and really life-giving personally and professionally. Thanks for spending your time with us during this episode of Happy Hour with Bundle Birth Nurses. If you like what you heard, it helps us both if you subscribe, rate, leave the raving review, and share this episode with a friend. If you want more from us, head to bundlebirthnurses.com or follow us on Instagram. Now it's your turn to go and do a partway through the year review and sit down, set some time with yourself to ask the questions, what's gone well, what maybe hasn't gone well, what goals have I achieved and what do I want for my future and what action steps can I put in play right now to set me up for living a full thriving life where you truly are living your best life. That's what we want for you. We'll see you next time. 